Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins. The Around the NFL Podcast. Dances with hog mollies in the moonlight. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Gregory Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. In the moonlight. I like that. Throw That's a little a hog one. mollies in there. I don't know if anybody. I, like, nope. I liked it so much, I, you know, I'll let you say Gregory. Give me a break. <laughs> Gregory. <laughs> is that on your birth certificate? No. That's oh. the extra G on the end. Just Better than what uh, handsome hand calls you around the office. What's that? Greggles. Greggles. That's, yeah, that's shameful. <laughs> uh, and, well, better also than what Greg calls handsome Hank uh, on the Dave po- podcast, Dave Damashek show, which is. Oh, a sidekick? Sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of love, a lot of friendship. It's real. A lot of heat. Uh, welcome back to another edition of the podcast. Uh, very nice show. Very action-packed show. A lot of stuff to get to. Um, you know, between all the ha- news happening in camp and, and two phone calls we're going to be on, including one megastar of the NFL. Megastar. Ian Rappaport? Definitely not Ian Rappaport, but... An MVP <laughs> candidate last year An and MVP. one of the most well-known players in the league. Why, uh, we, why am I teasing it? Tony Romo is on the show today. Uh, he's going to call in. We're going to talk to him about the Cowboys and their, their chances in 2015, Mark. And, Mark, are you going to let him know about your adjectives about his team's defense from last time. Oh, you know, we have limited enough. time with Romo. I'm not going to soil it with that list because hmm. the list was also not accurate. So and let's you, stay accurate. And let's also mention, Mark, you are leaving us uh, tomorrow. Well, tonight, uh, three of us are going to see Wilco, courtesy of the boss. That's right. Thank you, buddy. Well, I think we owe him money, but yeah. Oh, do we owe you money? No, I was. that was going to be, you know, my treat. Well, well I, I don't know. I assumed that the, I didn't know it was courtesy. That is, I thought it was a courtesy nice. purchase, but uh, <laughs> I why, is, nice guy. Why, is, why I didn't give you, know. you a choice either? So in that case, then I that's think, what I mean. Yeah, that's that's why. Maybe I I'm, I'm. I didn't want to be assuming. No, you should. You should have assumed. But Mark, after the Wilco, what yeah. was that, Wes? Mark was going to say, why isn't Wes coming along for the concert? Well, I didn't. I, yeah, I didn't. I thought. You I know, thought we've we asked Wes to go to concerts before, and I, his reply is always the same. I don't go to concerts or whatever. I am a big Wilco fan, but I. 
would probably rather read a book than go to a live music concert. I don't think they recreate the sound well in a live setting. I love like small venues and surprise like surprise concerts that you don't expect it going to be. This <laughs> this band that you've never heard of is awesome. I love that, but I don't like going to see like ten thousand people. A big you just thing. like or, you just like hey walking down the street or whatever you turn the corner hey there's a band playing right there wow they, these guys are good accordion exactly. accordion <laughs> ripping why is that so peculiar a guy, a guy overall slapping on his knee with a pipe in his mouth and yes! like just like that this is real music this is exactly none of, the, none of that corporate stuff there's there's no oh it's ex- one of my favorites the pop up concert. In my local village. What's, what's so controversial local about this? Village. I've no, never heard of it. There's no handling fee to go see this band. What is Wilco going to play that I've not heard already? Well, their new album. There's definitely a disconnect in how you view live music and how other people do. That's okay. I'm, That's fine. I'm not saying. I'm, just like I asked you back in September if you wanted to join us to see Tom Petty, and you said the same thing. It's like, I like Petty, but I'm not going to. Right. I'm not we asked Counting I'm, Crows, too, and I get why you said no to that. Well, that I'm like fight right. traffic because and deal with a crowd to hear music. All right. You know what? You could say the same thing about Wilco. Yeah, that's fair. All right. right, So anyway, but but after the Wilco show, Mark, you're going to Canton. Uh, You're doing all sorts of things. Yeah, if I get on the plane. You're going to the Hall of Fame. You're going to that old Indian burial ground out in Berea. Yeah. A lot of stuff. You looking forward to that? I am. It's a great time of the year. First football game of the year. Mm. To be there in person, what more could you ask for? It's a bad game, but. Well, it isn't, though, when you've been waiting Months and months for it, but you're right. Around two or bit. two or three series in, it's a snoozer. Plus, you could see Connor Shaw. I believe uh, Dwayne Bose called him one of the top two athletes in America. <laughs> I got to take a look uh, at this team <laughs> after what we've heard in Cleveland. Thoughts on Terrell Pryor's hamstring injury, Mark? I know that must have hit you hard. Well, it seems to me that there there's enough PR around this Terrell Pryor thing that like they could have another four Josh Gordons and he'd still make the team. <laughs> It seems like it just seems destined to happen unless his leg falls off. Another four Josh Gordon sounds like a quite a party. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. it does. <laughs> um, all right, so yes, uh, Mark, we're we're gonna miss you when you're gone, but you have a lot of good work to do. Uh, today's show, yes, Tony Romo will be on the line. We'll try not to offend him. Try to get some answers out of him. Look forward to that. Uh, we're also gonna talk about uh, maybe some quarterbacks like Tony Romo, veteran QBs that are facing a lot of heat this season. It's time to get something done. Time waits for no man. Undefeated is time. Mm. True story. <laughs> uh, also, fiction. we're going to get on the line. My old, my old buddy at the Journal News in Westchester, New York, and now the NFL media insider, uh, Ian Rappaport, known as at Rap Sheet. That's where you can follow him on Twitter. He's going to call in. He's, go- he's all over the country right now um, traveling and reporting and doing the I- information man thing. So we're going to catch up with him and talk about some of the places he's visited and some of the – some of the things he's seen. Tease for that, seen. too. He was just in Colts camp. He might have some mm. good information on the rookies. He's got enough followers, by the way. How about yeah, following around the NFL on Twitter? He sure. It's a lot less than Rap Sheet. Give me a break. Dan, you and Rap Sheet, ex- career arc. Who's better career arc between you and Rap Sheet? I would say, Started the same local paper, same age, same everything. I would say he went on a more traditional career arc, which put him ahead of the game. I'm, I'm sure uh, – Compensation-wise, he's far ahead of me, but I'm very happy where I am in my career right now. I'd rather have like you hosting too. this podcast than, than Rap Sheet. Oh, thank a, you. It's a good policy to destroy our guests before they even <laughs> dial in. Um, and, yes, yeah, so we're all that coming up, but before we do any of that, we check behind the glass. TD's still uh, vacationing somewhere, uh, so we have the great Sean Sullivan. We know him as Sully behind the glass. Gentlemen, how's it going today? What's up, Stash? 
Nothing much? Yeah. I actually trimmed the stash today. It's feeling feeling nice. I don't know if it looks as nice as it feels, but it's good. That's why you would be, be eligible to marry my daughter. Yes. If the age range was appropriate. Yeah, right, right. Such a such an honor. Yes. Let's do some news, buddy. All right, we'll start with some crushing news out of Houston where the Texans, again, must prepare for life without Arian Foster, who suffered um, a serious groin injury on in Monday night's first padded practice. Uh, info started to leak out throughout Tuesday how serious it would be. It's going to require surgery, uh, most likely, and also he's there's a very good chance he will end up on the short-term injured reserve. So this is a situation where a- Arian Foster, who is supposed to be the backbone of this Houston offense, is now going to be gone for not – Days, not weeks, but months, Chris Wessling. How devastating is this for a Texans team that needed him to be a star? So devastating that I considered them a team with, I guess, about a 40% chance of making the playoffs. Mm. They could have gotten a wild card. Now I think it's about 2%. I, I, I don't see what their offense is now. He was their offense. We saw what happened in 2013. He went down with injury. They didn't win another game the rest of the year. This guy, to use Damashek's Jenga phrase, and Damashek always points to Arian Foster in this discussion as an underrated guy, the Texans just aren't a competitive team without him. Yeah, I mean, if you, you look at what they did last year, they won nine games. And I think that sometimes Arian Foster in recent seasons – because he has been, he's been had a nagging injury situation. He sometimes drives some fantasy players nuts. But what he did last season, six in total rushing yards, one of the most elusive running backs, according to Pro Football Focus, really ran well, I thought, on tape when he was healthy. And it's it's a huge loss. That's the centerpiece of their offense. I, thought, have I no think just as a pure runner, he was arguably the best running back in the league last year, just as a runner. I think Le'Veon Bell was probably the best overall, but just on a game-to-game basis. Used to think, oh, Gary Kubiak's system, you know, the great offensive line, you know, that's a big factor in Arian Foster. That wasn't the case last year. They had lousy quarterbacks, an uneven passing game, an uneven offensive line. The rest of the running backs there, who are not impressive, had 3.1 yards per carry. Foster's at 4.8. They have no one to replace him. Chris Polk is getting the early buzz as as the most likely guy to get get a chance. Alfred Blue is there, Chris Polk, Jonathan Grimes is in the mix. They had Pierre Thomas. Um, uh, I don't even think Pierre Thomas made the L.A. Graybeards, and he also vis- but he visited the really? Texans. Really? He did yeah, make he the Graybeards. He, he was on the, on the Graybeards? You got to have Pierre. Did he? Yeah, yeah. Well, you didn't, and there's a reason. There's not much no, else out there. Stephen Ridley and Ahmad Bradshaw were my running backs. But that's beside the point, fellas. What I'm trying to say is that uh, Pierre Thomas visited with the Texans. It looked like they were heading toward a deal, but then they got hung up and were unable to agree on a contract. And then Rapsheet later reported that now the Texans, I guess, had some type of uh, about face within the organization. They're happy with their internal options. Mm -hmm. So it looks like they believe the guys on this roster not replace – or Aaron Foster, but at least can give some type of uh, impact for them. I don't believe that for a second. That sounds like yeah, PR. Was... We couldn't agree to terms, so now we're right. going to pump up Jonathan Grimes, Chris Polk, and Alfred Blue. Alfred Blue averaged 3.1 yards per carry last year. He's no kind of solution for them. I don't I don't believe that at all. I, I don't think they're done They'll sign adding. Someone. Maybe yeah. it'll be Thomas or Bradshaw after week one. Bradshaw is suspended. Chris uh, Johnson's out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, we what every Rice? general what's out there is, ugh. It, like Steven Jackson's your other option. Ray Rice might be the Ray best Rice running back on, out there. He is the best running back. Well, yes, the- again, he did his latest, um, you know, his apology tour continues. Uh, again, apologized for his actions, said he's contrite, and said he still believes that he will be picked up and can end his career on his own terms, hang up his cleats on his own uh, accord. 
Uh, so that's another option. I don't see why Ray Rice, if you can deal with that, isn't the best option out there right now. But Someone asked the question, like they have hard knocks coming up. Do Is there going to be more resistance from a team facing that kind of media glare to big, bring Ray Rice in than a team that just needs a running Absolutely. back? Absolutely. Bob McNair is, has been public about the type of people he wants on his team more than just about any. They don't that draft they, people with domestic violence in their past. Exactly. I mean, they, they, they have a pretty strict policy of, of staying away from guys with character issues, as they would say, and so I don't think they're going to go with Ray Rice. And you can't go with Alfred Blue, who, who I liked for a little bit last year. But he's, he's a, a guy that special look, teamer. He, he's a guy that looks like he has all the tools. He should be a guy who's good between the tackles, but – when he gets out there, not so much. Well, he took Cleveland to town. That was probably the one game where I thought, wait a minute, <laughs> they got something here. You know, one thing, though, and I understand Pierre Thomas is not going to be a three-down back for you no matter what, but this is a major hole in your offense. What was the money difference here? You've got to get someone in here. I, You've got to get a better. Greg and I were talking about that downstairs. Did they tell him, hey, when Arian Foster gets healthy, you won't have a role here? Maybe Pierre Thomas still thinks that – if, if he hangs up, get, gets hooked up with the right team, he could have a big role throughout the season. Who knows? Mm. Maybe Thomas is debating whether he definitely wants to play for, for a veteran's minimum type of contract. I would have thought he would have just accepted get whatever. I'd like league. to see Pierre Thomas back in the league. Could, there could be another guy injured tomorrow. He could have multiple teams bidding for his services. Should. Let's get caught up with the New England Patriots saga, Deflategate, of course. Um, we'll start with the news that came out Tuesday that the NFLPA released uh, Tom Brady's appeal testimony in court filing. People were pouring over that in all quarters of the Internet. There wasn't too much too much juicy uh, to take out of that, but I will – there's some interesting things, but you know, nothing too crazy. But I think the big takeaway, Greg, at least uh, from the last few days of news on this, is that they are – both sides are looking to get this done ahead of week one. No matter what the outcome is, they don't want this dragging throughout the season, and that's good news for everybody, right? Well, we should all send thanks to uh, Judge Richard Berman out there. Thanks, Rich Berman. Because <laughs> he, he's putting the feet to the fire. He's saying, you, first of all, you guys should settle this amongst yourselves. Keep talking. Try to figure it out. If you can't, you're going to come. Brady's going to be there. Goodell's going to be there on August 12th. We'll try to figure it out. If that doesn't happen, then you're back in our courtroom again. You guys have to be there August 19th. It's a very fast timeline, and you would think we'll have an answer, I think, weeks before the season starts. So at least we'll know what the story is, and and this can finally end. I'm so finished with this story. (laughs) I'm just going to sit back and wait for Bill Simmons to launch grenades at everyone. Bill Simmons linked to uh, a Chris Wessling post randomly on Twitter yesterday. Hubba, hubba. Did you know oh, that? I was told by you. Well, I guess <laughs> You I... can do that now. Um, I guess the one one juicy thing that I've taken out of the last couple of days, the Ravens, who, of course, uh, I guess uh, maybe a week ago, Sal Pal with uh, ESPN had to come out and retract something he said on a, ES- on a uh, radio show that – that the Baltimore Ravens owner Steve Bashotti was one of these owners that were very up, would be very upset with the commissioner if this uh, suspension were overturned or Brady was somehow exonerated. They've also denied that they they tipped off the Colts on any ball deflation issues. Uh, however, the documents released on Wednesday showed that the NFL's Player Association um, Tuesday. Excuse me. The NFL Players Association on Tuesday included evidence that Ravens officials shared concerns with the Colts over the quality of kicking balls in January's divisional round against New England. Uh, This led the Ravens to release a statement prior to the AFC Championship game. No one from the Ravens talked to the Colts about deflated footballs. We knew nothing of deflated footballs. John Harbaugh has been consistent in answers to reporters about this since he was first asked 
on NBC TV at the Super Bowl. I ain't buying it. The Ravens have been cooking behind the scenes this whole time because they want the Pats out of the picture. The throne of ease must be taken down. I'll give you a break. What? It is funny. This whole thing really seems like John Harbaugh just being like, no, we're not. We're not goobers like the Colts. Those guys are the bad guys. Like, we're cool. Like, you know, like, I think he has a relationship with Belichick. He does. They're friends. And that's that's his thing. Belichick was a mentor. That's right. Belichick was a mentor to John Harbaugh. Yep. Hey, it's still the throne of ease, because which team would you rather be? Would you rather be the Patriots, or would you rather be Ryan Grigson knocking on the door of the NFL with six minutes left in the first half going, hey, guys, we got a small ball. We got a small ball. That was the quote from the, <laughs> the transcript. He's like, he's like, we've got a small ball on the field. That was that was the quote he, he, you know, he gave to Troy Vincent. That was very Joffrey-esque right there by Greg, no, no. just standing up, giving his throne of each speech Cherubic over the entire angels dropping po- grapes in uh, Greg's mouth as he was making his points. It's been a while. This Harp thing, being strummed. This thing needs to end. I mean, on the same day that they, the judge was begging for them to come to terms, the Patriots were releasing emails that they had sent to Jeff Pasha, the NFL, on, on their old Wells Report website. There's that was, a website. That was Enough. A, a pretty in, that are pretty insane, you know, negative emails towards the end. I mean, it hasn't really slowed down from the Patriots well, side at from all. From another angle, email-wise, Tom Brady, sort of a <laughs> jerk. Like, if you go read these emails that got captured, he's like some rant about what color pool cover he should have. That was funny. You've got to go get this other guy to get the right cover. And on well, top they, of it, like, he's uh, firing off emails to clothing designers asking for free, like, free threads. Free stuff. They're Mark's takeaways about the pool designer. The, well, the pool, the pool cover is notable, Mark. Uh, they, he asked for a white cover for the wintertime when the snow came falling down on Giselle Manor. And when he found out that only black was available – he said, what kind of idiots don't have a white pool cover? <laughs> you know, come back to reality, Tommy boy. What? This is all stuff in the documents. Wait, you know, everyone's got a boss. His boss is Giselle. He knows there's going to be well, a without like, that white uh, snow cover. Right, it feels Giselle-generated. Oh, like you guys don't know. Everyone gets the white uh, <laughs> pool snow cover for the winter. Yeah, it seems like when well, you just sit down and have a beer with Tom Brady and he'd be perfectly normal. He's we boss. can talk about white pool covers. <laughs> All right, that's it. Because that sound you hear is is Wes biting his tongue on this whole topic. He wants to go nuts. I do, but I mean, what can I say that You've hasn't got already nuts been enough. said? Hey, you're a hero to the uh, fans in New England. Yeah, I'm not on even that. a Patriots fan, but come on, this story has been. I love. I, I'm Greg, biting my tongue. I've gotten a lot of Twitter being like, "Oh, Chris Wesley, that's the real Patriots fan. This other guy Rosendahl, he doesn't even speak up for them." <laughs> There's been a lot of that on. Twitter. Chris Wesley, leader of Patriots Nation. Uh, yeah, not a Patriots <laughs> fan. Has a mansion. I, has a mini mansion on Patriot Way. I just can't deal with farces when they're so obvious. Fair enough. All right, moving on. The Jaguars, of course, used to have a great up-and-coming star receiver. His name was Justin Blackman. Uh, of course, he's had su- substance abuse issues that have taken, taken him off the field. He hasn't appeared uh, in a game or Jaguars practice since midway through the 2013 season. And on Wednesday, Jag- Jags general manager Dave Caldwell spoke out and made it sound like he doesn't think Blackman will ever play again. Here's the quote. I have not heard anything, and I guess I harbor a little bit of hope, but realistically, I think when you're away from the game for two and a half years, what you were once is not what you will probably be. Your skills do erode, and especially if you're not staying in tip-top shape and you're not in football shape. Uh, So making it very clear, Caldwell, is is that you're not going to see Justin Blackwell in Blackman in a Jags uniform, and maybe not any uniform. It could be over. Your thoughts, guys? 
I don't think it's easy to come back from the kind of break he's had to begin with unless what he's been doing while away is preparing to play football again. And the indication is that that's maybe not happening with him. You forget how good he was in 2013 when he came back from suspension. This was a team that needs playmakers so much for them to lose a guy like Blackman who really was coming on. I mean, you just can't replace him. Sometimes I get annoyed by you know, uh, players that are analysts and they, they kind of go on Mount Pius a little bit and say, you don't know what it's like. Uh, you weren't a player. But this is one time where I, I feel a little bit of a disconnect. If a GM says that if you're away from the game that long, you literally can't get your skills back, I take I take their word for it a little bit, although it seems strange to me. You wouldn't think that the skills would be gone as long as you stay in shape and then eventually get your act together. But it sounds wow. like there is an actual depreciation in talent. Well, that's a big if, though, getting your act together. And the de- the issues that I think he's dealing with are significant off the field. And, and they they probably have a little more information on that than maybe they're letting on. You know, I mean, he... Well, I found it odd, though, that he specifically didn't speak to the substance abuse right. issues. He said physically it's been too long for him to come back. Well, have we heard anything where Justin Blackman's come out and said, listen... I am so driven to return to the NFL. There's never been that story. What a, what a cursed position that is for the Jaguars. I mean, they have a good-looking group here with Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns, although Marquise Lee's hurt right now. But uh, just think about uh, Matt Jones, Reggie Williams. Uh, they had Mike Walker at one point. Well, I don't know, remember. Mike you know, every- Walker, yeah. Connor, Connor Orr did a nice uh, – movie, you know, the reason the Jags have been bad for so long now is they keep whiffing on first-round picks, and these are some top uh, 30 picks since 2003. Byron Leftwich, Reggie Williams, Matt Jones, Mercedes Lewis, Reggie Nelson, Derek Harvey, Eugene Monroe, Tyson Alau, Blaine Gabbard, and Justin, Justin Blackman. How many of those guys are real players? They were all supposed to be stars. Well, they came before the current regime to some degree, so I mean, that's, they, you know, there was a lot of GMing in Jacksonville that had a lot of people concerned for a long time. I think the new regime, and I know, you know, I made David Caldwell in making the leap candidate. They did not do that last year, and they'd better do it this year or everything could be gone in, in Jacksonville. But when you lose a guy like Blackman, the same thing happened with Josh Gordon in Cleveland. You go from two, two foundation pieces in 2013 to having to restart on offense. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. What, what, last word. Didn't get a chance to answer your question. Oh, please I mean, did. you threw it out there, but I do think What, the name of the girl you're dating? No. Oh, okay. That wasn't even – What was the question? About uh, saying that this guy couldn't get back mm. – couldn't recapture his form after a couple of years away. I think people underestimate that you're playing at the highest level of the game, and you've heard players say before there's a difference between football shape and him being in shape. And I think you you have to hone those skills. It's not just being in shape. You have to hone those skills on a daily basis against competition. All right, so we'll see what happens with Mr. Blackman. That is what's happening in the news. On the phone right now, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, Woo! yes, the great Tony Romo. Uh, welcome to the Around the NFL podcast, Tony. Glad to have you. I oh, appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Good to be on. Tony's here on behalf of uh, DirecTV, and you know we'll get to a little bit more about DirecTV later. But for a start, we've got to talk about the season, training camp getting going. Time flies. Tony Romo, 13 seasons now this year. He turned 35 in April. Tony, you, you know, you have, you're still playing at an elite level. you got a big-time team around you. Came close last year. Continu- continuity at the coaching staff. Everything is in line for you guys to put it together this year. But at the same time, there's some pressure involved, right, especially maybe now compared to, say, five years ago, right? Oh, I wouldn't say that. I think every year is kind of the same expectations from the outside, you know, it's, 
Some years you're supposed to be really good, other years you're not supposed to be good, but you know, you don't let that external stuff really creep in your mind. You just go out and do what you're supposed to do and, and be the best version of yourself and perfect your craft along the way. And I think our team just doesn't get into what, you know, these external pressures and what they are. And what, I mean, we try and just get rid of that stuff and go play and, and do good. Is that something you've learned over your career? Because I'm thinking back to the 2007, 2008 teams. You know, there's a lot of a lot of hype around those teams. Do you think that, you know, affected you guys negatively and, and you somehow handle that differently now? Um, I wouldn't. I mean, there's only probably two of us left from then, so I'm not really right. sure. Um you know, that would apply to the football team. These guys don't even know about those years. So in some ways, uh, personally, I think you, you do learn through experience. And um, But even back then, I think I knew that it was always about just improving and getting better and uh, continually, you know, if we didn't get the job done, you got everyone's got to look at themselves and say, I wasn't good enough and just figure out how to get better for the next time. And then you go draft some good players, you go get some good talent and coaches coach and guys get better as they're here for, for a few years and, before you know it, you got a good football team, and you got to try and do that over and over again. Um, so DeMarco Murray, Tony, is out of the picture now. And, you know, you obviously have a great offensive line. A lot of people think it's the best in the league. But admit, you're a little bit worried about the running back situation, just a little bit with the offensive player of the year out the door and maybe not a ready-made guy stepping in in the view of people, at least outside the organization. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, you know, DeMarco obviously had an incredible season last year, and he's – one of my good friends, and so it, the business side of it, when that takes place, it's never enjoyable to watch, you know, something like that happen. You know, at the same time, it's an opportunity for some of these other guys to, to step in and take a role that's, you know, obviously coveted, and I think so far through training camp, it's, it's gone pretty well. These guys have stepped up and shown some flashes that we're pretty excited about, and now they got to just take and run with it, and we'll, we'll find out through training camp and the preseason how good they really are, but uh, you got to give them an opportunity to see. Tony, you uh, were in the MVP discussion last year, and I think a lot of people attribute that you had a better year because of DeMarco's success and his heavy workload. It took some pressure off of you. What is your reaction to that kind of, I guess, analysis that you owed a lot of your success to your running back? Oh, I owe a lot of my success to a lot of people. Mm. You know, I owe it to Jason Witten, DeMarco, Dez, our offensive line, our coaches, you know, calling the right plays, the right situations, putting us in a position, and then through experience and the levels, I'm able to get us in and out of bad plays and get better ones. And I get a lot of trust from my coaching staff to do a lot of things on the football field that allow me, allow us to change and get in and out of plays. And I do that probably a lot more than you, know, you guys see. But that comes through a lot of other people allowing that, and then other guys having the ability to go make plays versus their opponents. So I don't ever think anybody's success is just themselves in the NFL. It's it's a team sport, and we all need each other. And uh, I think that. Anytime you have good people around you, it makes you look better. Do you think being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback is different than being other teams' quarterbacks? Like, do you ever kind of look at what's going on, let's say, in Atlanta, great quarterback and Matt Ryan, and just, you know, they're, they're just kind of slipping under the radar. No one's really, like, kind of paying attention. Whereas you're coming out to California, it's a whole production. Every press conference is a production. Everything your owner says makes national news. Do you, do you ever think that your job is, is inherently different than other quarterbacks out there? You know, I honestly don't – I don't know. It's a good question. It's just I've never been anywhere but Dallas, so it's kind of be, – I'd be speculating. I do know that each one of those teams feels the same from their their local fan base about the passions about winning. And, 
you know, that's just part of playing in the National Football League. You know, so to me, it's not a whole lot different, but I guess you'd have to ask them. You know, you've been in OTAs, you've been in training camp for better part of this week. Is there a player outside of the Joseph Randall, who everyone's talking about, a young guy that no one is talking about today, but we will be a month from now on offense or defense? Yeah, it's a good question. I think uh, right now we're just getting started. It's most of the same names you've seen. I think some of the young guys are just trying to um, figure the offense out. I mean, it takes time to play really fast and learn the system. And, um, you know, you have to see. I mean, obviously Joseph Randall and uh, Lance Dunbar, these guys have done a good job taking advantage of the reps they've had at the running back position so far. We're excited about them. But the other guys um, are a little bit younger, have to – and, uh, you know, Darren hasn't get, gotten a lot of refs because he's been banged up a little bit, so we'll see as that moves on. But, you know, it's just, it's just part of training camp. We've got to go figure that stuff out. Have you, now that you've had, you know, the two back surgeries, have you changed any of your, let's call it like internal hardwiring in terms of how you operate in the pocket, when to flee? Are, is it, when you take off of the ball and run, is there a part of you that, that gets scared that you could hurt that back again and maybe it, it could all go out the window at any moment? I don't think you can play that way. I think when you get on the field, you just got to instinctively do what, uh, through repetition and experience, you know, is that gives you the best opportunity to succeed. There's obviously times where you don't need to take unnecessary hits, but um, for the most part, you got to do what you got to do to win football games. You know, I try and do that each day and, and make the same decision I'd make in a game. Um, and okay, so you are now, you know, you always know right around this time of your commercials start airing and you see it, and then you're like, oh, I'm going to have to watch this commercial roughly 7 million times over the course of the NFL season. <laughs> in the du- case of these direct TV commercials, it's pretty good, though, because they obviously they put some – there's some good production work, some good premises. Tony Romo has a great new direct TV commercial for a Sunday ticket. Uh, it, it, the name of the character – and, Tony, you can let us know if you had anything to do with this creatively, the background. <laughs> Arts and crafts Tony Romo. Uh, the feature is gems like this. I mixed a cupcake and a brownie. I'm calling it a crownie. I mean, that is good <laughs> stuff. So, first of all, Tony, take us through this character, and had you, did you have anything to do with coming up with it? And how did you like doing, you know, arts and crafts, Tony Romo? It was great. It was definitely a unique experience. I hadn't sat in a makeup chair for four hours before, but oh my uh, God. yeah, it was it was a little different. I think um, they they had the plan for the, the situation, and obviously, I agreed to it, and then. When I was in there, though, they had a certain way. I think that they they wanted me to just to be a little bit less, uh, probably, than what you saw. But I ended up <laughs> feeling like I ended up feeling as though this guy like lives by himself, and he's never seen like very, he doesn't interact with human beings very often. And I felt like okay, there's like the camera crew in this guy's house, and now he's really excited to show, but he's a little weirded out by everybody, and so. <laughs> It just kind of felt that way when I was on set, so I kind of just took on that role a little bit, and then it kind of made it into what it is, and Arts and Craftsy became a little paranoid Arts and Craftsy, so it's good. So you went full method. You're like Robert De Niro. You create a whole you know, character sketch and a story to get you in the mind frame before you go? Yeah, exactly. I'm just like Robert De Niro. Like, uh, it kind of was, it was like, I'm, I hear I'm a little sure, Paul Rudd. I'm sure, the, I'm sure my... Academy Awards are right around the corner here anytime now. I would, if someone asked me to describe it, it would be like Bob Vila meets Bob Ross and then just a lot of sadness. And <laughs> That's a good description. Uh, That's for 
pretty good. But I and I am excited. We're going to let you go in a second, Tony. That you have uh, the NFC East is going to be obviously wide open again this year. But the biggest to me uh, battle right now is mm. arts and crafts, Tony Romo, and bad comedian Eli Manning mm. on the commercial front. That's so, a good one. Yeah, you know, what's fun is uh, before you guys let me go. I, when I was younger, I used to you know want to watch our NFC East opponents. And I never had actually, you know, DirecTV the NFL Sunday ticket. And I would literally go there, get excited about our bye weekend, or <laughs> we played a Thursday game. Like we're going to watch Eli, or we're going to watch Eagles, or the Redskins, or whoever. And then I get on there, and they put on whoever, and I'm like, "You got to be kidding me!" And I would be so upset. <laughs> Matt Schaub again? No. <laughs> and it was like, and then it was like, you know what? You got this Sunday ticket thing. They get, you can watch every single game, you know, live and then watch every minute of it. It's like, this is crazy. I mean, how does everybody not have, you know, this deal? My, my uncle literally orders the Max deal, and he gets to watch it. It streams on his phone. He watches it. Like, he goes out to the grocery store and watches the game. Like, it's so different than it was five years ago. So I want to thank TV and Sunday ticket for that. It's made it a lot better for our bye weekends. It definitely yeah. has. It's a lot different than a sports experience now. Tony Romo, good luck in the upcoming season, and thank you for joining us on the Around the NFL podcast. You got it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Thanks, Tony. All right, there's Tony Romo, big star in the podcast, right up, right near the top, by the way, of like the biggest stars we've had on the show. Uh, Jim Brown's like, what about me? Mark? Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman's going to tweet about that was pre. That was pre-Around the NFL uh, Jeff, podcast. Jeff Darlington. He we did like, have Jeff Darlington. He was in the show. Uh, Ian Rappaport, one of the great stars of Who? the universe. So all different things going on. Uh, but it was very nice to have Tony Romo on the, on the line. And I will say this. He, Tony Romo's going to Romo. And he's, you know, he's from the – he knows how to speak as a you know, professional, professional jock speak. You ask him if he's feeling extra pressure. He says, no, every year is a new year, blah, blah, blah. But it really, uh, with all due respect, there is more pressure on Tony Romo this year. And I'll go as far as saying that no – veteran quarterback is under more pressure than Tony Romo is this year um, with the back injuries and the fact that he's 35 and the fact that this the window seems open after a very promising uh, return uh, to competitiveness last year for Dallas. You know, you never know how long this stuff will last. But this year, this team is lined up to go deep into the playoffs again. And if you don't do it and you're another year older or your back starts hurting a little more, you never know what happens. So Tony Romo would be my pick. If I were to say who's under more pressure than anybody. So I will, I'm will. i curious what you guys think. If you want to throw throw out, I know you probably all agree with me, Tony Romo, most pressure, nailed it, Dan. We do, again. segment over, segment yeah. over. Yeah, but just for the, you know, for the sake of the listeners and drawing out the show a little bit. <laughs> uh, no, tell, tell me, guys, who you think is a vet, another veteran quarterback under a lot of pressure this year. I'll start with you, Sizzler. I think it's easy. I mean, uh, yes, Romo's playoff window and Super Bowl window is closing, but Peyton Manning's – this really figures to be his final season. I mean, if, if he goes beyond this year, I'd be surprised personally. I think the team is gearing up for potentially Brock Osweiler taking over at some point, and they brought in a whole new offensive system that's going to re- put more emphasis on the ground game, take a little bit off Manning. We're not going to see anything close to the number of attempts from last season. The guy has a great roster around him. It's on Peyton Manning to get it done. He's not done. He's not done it yet. That's the only reason they brought him there. And after what we saw at the end of last season, I think there's a lot of questions we have going into the preseason. What kind of arm does he have? What does he look like physically? A lot of pressure. He puts the pressure on himself. But that talent around him that you mentioned is why I don't think he makes sense as the choice here, because I think he's in a situation where he doesn't need to be what Peyton Manning used to be. That that, that roster is awesome. Emmanuel Sanders. 
Demarius Thomas, a, a defense that was as good and as talented as any in the league last year for most of it. And then they add some uh, piece with Shane Ray. I mean, they lost some pieces this year, but I think he can go out there and kind of do, does what he does, and they're going to win games for him a little bit like the Cowboys and Tony Romo Right, but if they year. don't win the Super Bowl, it's a colossal failure. He's got a ton of pressure. I totally agree. If they don't win this, they're in the Super Bowl window now, and you're right, this might be Peyton Manning's last year. Not only for the Broncos that they're putting all their eggs in his ba- basket. I mean, they're planning for life after him, but that doesn't mean they're going to be a Super Bowl team. But also, does Peyton Manning want to be regarded as the best quarterback of all time? Hmm. You need another Super Bowl. Well, win. he's one of the only quarterbacks I think you can say definitively he cares about stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. He knows the view of him because he has one Super Bowl. And his and brother has two. Right. And not, I mean, one Super Bowl is great. I mean, that's the thing. It's like it'd be even more pressure if he had in none. But considering how many games he's won in his career you and how good his teams have been, you would think he would have more than one. Chris Wessling, who's your pick? Well, Peyton Manning has nine one-and-dones in, in the NFL playoffs, which is more than double any other quarterback in history. Second place is a guy who's been in the league for four years. <laughs> four four one-and-dones. <laughs> Wait, I think I know where this is going. Andy Dalton. <laughs> Look, they've got their best offense possibly in team history. Maybe going Whoa. back maybe going back to 1988, Jeremy Hill led the NFL in rushing and yards per carry in the second half of last season. AJ Green is somehow no longer considered a top 5 wide receiver, which is ridiculous. He is. They've got Marvin Jones and Tyler Eifert back from injuries. Giovanni Bernardi Bernard is one of the best passing down backs in the NFL. This offense is absolutely loaded and you've got Everybody's singing Geno Atkins' praises in in camp. If this guy is what he was in 2012, the Bengals should be a Super Bowl contender. Marvin Lewis is even talking about Super Bowls now. Andy Dalton has to win or else why not try? I mean, it's the Bengals, so you never know. They don't like making moves, but you would think his job would be on the line. Well, the most talented uh, Bengals offense in history, Boomer Esiason just uh, threw up a little bit in his mouth, you know? Mm. Right on Craig, Craig Carton or something. <laughs> and you know you know who else did? Like a 20-year-old uh, Chris Wessling or 16-year-old. How dare you say a team? I believe. You know, let's see it. Well, let's they, it all together. Where he's right, though, is that every other quarterback we're going to bring up, no one's going to say they'll win despite this guy. They're going to win because of Tony Romo and because of Peyton Manning. But this is a guy that's hanging out as an NFL starter on a playoff caliber team viewed as the reason that they can't get to the next level. That's not a good place to be because they're going to want change, even though as resistant as they are to that in Cincinnati, they're going to demand it at some point. I I would argue playing in Cincinnati, that makes less pressure. Playing for the Bengals. Because they are just okay (laughs) with quarterback mediocrity. And coaching mediocrity. I'll I'll bite Wes because you did mention it that People are saying AJ Green not number not in the top five. Throw out Beckham, Megatron, Des Bryant, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, maybe Demarius Thomas. Uh, Terrell Pryor, Dan. <laughs> Terrell Pryor. Well, he belo- <laughs> you he think belo- he's ahead of. You know, is he? You can't talk about guys? the top receivers in the NFL without mentioning AJ Green, and people have started to do that just because of one season where he's playing through a bad injury for most of the year. I just think it's irresponsible. So who's in? Who who does he get out of your top five? Then? Well, you go top eight. Well, you got if you say well, he's top five, you got to get the five. other people out. You got to just, just go top eight. You I think it's weird to artificially cut it off at five. Well, you said five. I was going off you. Well, when, I think when you have the discussion, his name should be in there. Mm. Okay. Do you have Jordy Let's Nelson have one in of there? those. I don't have Jordy, but I could throw him in there too. He belongs in there. All those guys belong. Well, in the top same. eight is a different conversation. I think Hansis just did a debate suplex on Wesley. <laughs> he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> doesn't happen often. 
I could rank them for you, but yeah. then people care more about the number than the analysis, and I don't like that. That's AJ Green in the top five. He belongs in the discussion as one of the top five receivers. Those That's guys, fair. There's very little separation between I all of them. Van shoots by and kidnaps Julio Jones from Falcons practice. AJ Green gets in the top. I'm five. I'm putting him in the top five, by the way. Anyways, AJ Green I agree is an absolute you. stud. I mean, I don't, I don't people, disagree. People have very short memories. It's all about what you did lately. I, what you did lately. Well, but it's about who you pull out of that list, though. I don't, I'm taking out Jordy, Demarius, and Beckham. Uh, ooh. Sorry. Now that's a different conversation. That's, even, <laughs> that's going to look bad for you very shortly. I'm right. just saying right now. Uh, Greg, you give us uh, the quarter veteran quarterback under pressure for you. How about uh, Phillip Rivers? You know, everyone talks about eh. you know Tony Romo. Of course, he's been one of the best quarterbacks of the last ten to twelve years. Oh, he's got to get it. He got to get his title now. He's getting old, thirty-five. Like you know, he's been underrated. It's look, Phillip Rivers. Everyone loves him, and yet it's almost like no one has expectation. No one, no one says Philip Rivers hasn't been able to get to the Super Bowl. Quarterback that good, and I don't think it's Philip Rivers' fault. It's the team around him, but that, that's the same thing with Romo. He's running out of years. He's also in a contract year where there's some pressure between him and the organization. There's the whole San Diego. or the, the, is the There's team no pressure there. They want to pay him. He won't right. take their money. That's but, not pressure. Well, that's stressful. You that's got, not pressure. He, he's wanting one big Payday before he retires. He's going to get it no matter to his what. Fifteen children. He you he's can't got say so that. What if he kids. gets hurt? Well, wait. Any so guy with he has kids. eight children or eight he's on the way. The eighth. What that you, is a man under pressure. Exactly. What, what if he gets hurt? He played a playoff game with a torn ACL. This there's nothing stopping him. I mean, I don't. By the think, way, there's no pressure for a guy worth like ninety-seven million dollars. Well, that's half all our, the kids that's in our the world. entire list. Well, you don't become Philip Rivers and put on that bolo tie without a desire to be great and a desire like, to win. It's like Tony Romo telling there, us he couldn't afford Sunday ticket four years ago. I don't know if I bought that. I don't buy that. He's so, been playing great, and these la- these Phillip Rivers teams the last four years have been mediocre, and he's running out of time. He wants to win a Super Bowl. The real pressure is the Hall of Fame discussion. There are people who believe Eli Manning's been a – I mean, self. there are some deluded people who believe that Eli Manning has been a better quarterback throughout his career than Phillip Rivers. That's what I mean. But Rivers – Rivers doesn't you see, think he, he is a guy that is burning – to do more than that Chargers team has been able to do for the Absolutely. Four years. The pressure's on the Chargers, not Philip Rivers. All right. I remember those rough and tumble days for Tony Romo where you didn't like when he didn't know his next where his next meal was coming, like two thousand twelve or whatever. <laughs> if only we knew we could have maybe started a Kickstarter, got him that Sunday ticket. But now he's okay. He's his uncle. <laughs> you know though he kept his problems internal. I like yeah. that. That's what a good quarterback does. Just eating ramen noodles every day before Cowboys practice. Spent it all on uh, that trip with Jason Witten and Dan Campbell. Those tips don't. Don't bring up Jason Witten with Sully behind the glass, by the way. <laughs> Straight up some creepy stuff about oh. going to Mexico on a vacation because he went to the same college. Yeah, no, he's a VFL. I wouldn't mind sitting on the beach <laughs> drinking some pina coladas with, with Jason Witten. That'd be kind of fun. All right. You know what? Probably would be fun. Yeah. As long as it stayed there, you know? Yeah, no, obviously. I mean, come on now. He, he could tell me about the his uh, catching overtime to beat Arkansas. I feel day. like we I'd need this photoshopped by a uh, <laughs> listener. All right, so these are the quarterback. <laughs> yes, if anybody could do that, please. <laughs> and also, if you can find the Delaware tapes, that'd be good. So Tony Tony Romo, these are the pre- quarterbacks under pressure. And f- <laughs> Tony Romo. Wait, there's no, how do well, we not settle in order. this debate anyways? Tony Romo. That's right. I mixed a cupcake and a brownie. I'm calling it a crownie. <laughs> uh, I don't even. I'm just going over this, so I could have gotten that drop in one more time. Mark, you had Peyton Manning. 
That I don't know who that is. Is Sully about to tee up like the chicken parm drop? <laughs> yeah, Wes, you had Andy Dalton. Maybe Rocky Top, but not Chicken. And Mark, you had Phil Rivers. So hey, listen. Listen, QBs, QB ones. Pressure's on, boy. I'm throwing in one more quick one too. Colin Kaepernick. Oh. He's on a year to year contract. That whole team could be changing if things don't go well. And it's like who is Colin Kaepernick? Is he gonna be a great guy or what? Great is this an existential question? Is he gonna be Who a- is? Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Is he if just, he, just some guy, or is he going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league like I'm we with, all thought he was going to be? I'm with you because if he regresses again or remains just, you know, at this level, he's jag. He's well, people are going to look back outside of Russell Wilson on that, like, whole read option quarterback phenomenon and be like, mm. don't think so. <laughs> all right. So there you go. That's that. All right. Here we go. Next up on the line, big phone call day. Feel like we're on the fan or something. Next up on the line, the hotline, the Mark Sessler hotline, NFL media insider <laughs> Ian Rappaport on the horn. He's all over America, but right now he's on the cell phone. What's up, buddy? What's going on, guys? How are you? Putting putting the hot in hotline. A lot of people actually have called you a, a younger Tony Romo. Well, I guess you're not even younger, but you kind of look like Tony Romo. People say I'm a little older. I'm a little shorter. Yeah, I would say probably about every day or every other every day during the season. Somebody will say, did anyone tell you you look like Tony Romo? And I always have the same response. Yes, until I stand up. And then you're like, oh, you're not the quarterback for the Cowboys. Gotcha. Is it, does that, it must be a decent bid. It must get a good response then, right? Yeah, I mean, the problem is, you know, we're sort of in reruns now since I've used it so often, but I just haven't found a line that can compare to that. Yeah. And I can't, you know, it's tough to, you can't really laugh about anything Romo's done anymore because he's played so well and, like, in big games, there's just nothing that funny about Romo anymore. So I just go to I go to my my stock line and you know hopefully have a fairly ignorant audience that will give a little laugh <laughs> and just sl- it slays. <laughs> All right, classics so always get heavy play. Ian is our NFL media insider, and contractually we must say that at least seven times uh, every show. Uh, and you've been uh, around the country so far. Seven stops. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Denver, Oakland, Indy. Or not the cities, but the teams, Colts, Cowboys, Redskins, Browns, and Niners. Um, so Ian has been a busy man earning his paycheck. Yeah, uh, and I did uh, stopped off at the random laundromat in Anderson, Indiana. Uh, did laundry, which is always a sign <laughs> that you're on the road for a long time. Wait, media um, insiders don't get laundry done for them? I, I had the opportunity to give it to the hotel and let them do it. Uh, but you know, Dan, I, I'm I'm like a man of the people, right? All right. <laughs> um, so, you know, you really you haven't lived until you've gone to a random laundromat in a place you've never been, and just been like, here, a person I've never met before. Just handle <laughs> all my clothes. I trust you with that. And at the end, I'll pay you ten dollars. Oh, so I'll you weren't you weren't like sitting there with Star Magazine as your clothes were in the background. You gave it to some random jabroni wow. to handle it for well, you. Well, those yeah. NFL Network I mean, polos like need special care. Quarters and <laughs> Entertainment Weekly or whatever. No. Okay, I got you. All right, let's let's talk a little bit about what's going on at these camps. Mark Sessler, get us going. All right, you were in Denver, and I think the thing that a lot of us want to know about this Broncos team is you were there firsthand. What does Manning's arm look like? How does he seem physically? It feels like the whole Denver season hinges on that. Well, it's funny you asked because I have no idea. The day <laughs> I went, it was one of the strangest sights I've ever seen at a Peyton Manning on a Peyton Manning team ever. And it's because he didn't practice. It is. And believe me, like I've, you know, I've gone to all these places and all the coaches that I talked to asked where I've been. And everyone has asked me about Manning not practicing because it's so weird. 
Like, mm. you know, Ben takes a day off in Pittsburgh and nobody cares. Peyton takes a day off and everyone's like, it's just odd. Um, Brock Osweiler and, you know, has tears stro- like, streaming down his face when this happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it was a big day for us. And I kind of like how they do it there. Like, they basically told him, like, act like you're the starter today. Just, it's your team today. And you can sort of, you know, you see how a guy, a little bit how ready a guy is. But, you know, the reality is, while Peyton wants to win this year, you know, this certainly might be his last year. And uh, the Broncos need to know what they have in Brock Osweiler. You know, they'd, they'd like to give him a contract extension. But how much do you actually pay a guy that you haven't seen? It's like a, it's a real evaluation issue. And so they're trying to see him, trying to make sure he's ready and just, means Peyton's not on the field all the time, which he is rare for him. Ian, you've reported in the past how much the Broncos, uh, how high they are on, on Brock Osweiler. Do you think, if you had to say today, will he be starting next year? I I would say uh, I think there's a really good chance he's starting next year based on what the organization thinks of him, um, the kind of work they've put into him, and, you know, Obviously, Peyton Manning's future kind of plays into that, but um, you know, there's one thing that's pretty clear about the organization. I mean, there's there's this year, but there is absolutely a preparation for for years, you know, for for the next couple of years. And um, the worst thing ever is to go into a season just without a quarterback. Go into an off season without a quarterback. They have one; they're pretty comfortable with. It. They got a good team around them. Um, so I would say there's a pretty good chance he's he's the guy next year. But obviously. You know, what if Peyton decides that he wants to be the guy still? You know, it's a bit complicated offseason for the Broncos. Well, they they were ready to move on from him, and I think that gets lost a little bit. They they were ready to move on from him this offseason. You've reported, you know, certain aspects of, you know, what they asked for, taking a pay cut. Like, $10 million. Like, how, how do you – like, do you think just from what you've heard behind the scenes that that was, that was something they were absolutely ready to do was just hand the keys over this year? The best way it was explained to me was if you ask a guy to take a pay cut, you know, $1, let alone $10 million, you have to be ready for the the possibility that he's going to say, uh, you know, go shove it or however you would describe it. Uh, I would go shove it, man. Go shove it, John yeah. Elway. Stick it up your, yeah. your These are all options of what you could do. Go ahead, Ian. We're allowed to say that on the podcast? Oh, yeah. That might get beeped. <laughs> Who knows? But you, yeah, it's it's your time, Ian. Say whatever you want. <laughs> but, you know, r- really, though, like, when you ask a guy to take a pay cut, there's always a chance that he says, you know, no way. So anytime you do that, you have to be ready for, for the option. I mean, I don't know if it would have been Brock Osweiler. I mean, that's, you know, Kubiak has been – he's been very successful with a quarterback who I know Greg has strong feelings for and and Schaub who has not been mm. successful anywhere else. So he you know he can make it happen with different guys. Um I would say that was definitely an option internally and if if Peyton Manning turned them down outright. Hey Ian, you I know how high you are on Amari Cooper. Uh, you've seen some other rookies. Uh has anyone stood out like I'm thinking is Philip Dorsett does he look any better than some of the other young receivers the Colts have? Uh, yeah, Amari Cooper is definitely the one who stands out. Like, if, if there's going to be a Sammy Watkins of this year, you know, in other words, a guy who just shows up, right, like, just ready to be an NFL player, I think Amari Cooper is it. But uh, I was just in Anderson with the Colts. They they could not be higher on, on Philip Dorsett. And it was a weird pick, and I think everybody was surprised. Everyone thought they would go defense um, or offensive line. But, you know, I, I asked 
coach yesterday. I was like, you know, were you surprised you didn't go defense in the first round? And it was, well, no, this guy's that good. I mean, they basically feel like he's Deshaun Jackson when he came out. But um, how do I say this? A little more put together uh, <laughs> Mentally? on and off the field. Mm. You can just say it. You know, you just did say it. You basically threw uh, Deshaun under the bus. Can we make that the headline? Rap sheet, colon, Deshaun Jackson is a crazy person. Well, I, I would say no. <laughs> but I also, like, just as far as speed, uh, Deshaun Jackson has had some ridiculous seasons and contributions. So they think this guy is that, mm. plus, again, the un, you know, the much more put together. It takes care of him, his business. Um, so I think, I think they think, you know, they just added a superstar. Mm. Well, I mean, let's talk about Deshaun Jackson's quarterback in Washington. There's a lot of bizarre whispers coming out about what's going on with Gruden, the ownership, and everything over RG3. What what are you hearing? What what is the real deal with RG three? Because whenever I hear any optimism from Gruden on RG three, my inclination is not to believe a word of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I would sort of wish everybody would stop talking about. I mean, obviously, as a reporter, you want everyone to do every interview, but I kind of wish everybody would stop talking about it because I'm not sure the words really mean much. He's making progress. He's buying in. He's adapting to the system. Uh, you know, it's not about the grind. Point, it's about the find. <laughs> I don't think anyone said that, have they? Uh, RG three said that. I'll, I'll send you the. I'll send you the link. It's it's amazing. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, the reality is, they're going to do everything they can this year to make sure that he doesn't have to win it. And you can read into that however you want, but he can be a successful quarterback in the NFL, not doing everything like he did because like he did as a rookie. Because physically, I'm just not. They're not just. They're not sure he's he's there. Uh, at this point, or maybe ever. So, but you know, he can distribute the ball. He can still be. He can still be really successful. And he's. But I just. Yeah. I just. I think the the player that we saw as a rookie is one we may never see again. He he seems to be on board with this. Of course, it's RG three, so he always kind of puts his foot in his mouth. He he said uh, on Friday um, that they don't want me to be Superman. They just want me to be ordinary. So that's what I'll be. So like. You know, he's not. He's actually not wrong. That is kind of what they want. Right. But, that's what I mean. It's like it, if you want to read into a certain way, it's like, oh, he's saying something again that kind of makes it look like the team and player aren't on the same page. But a little past. It sounds. It sounds that way. It reads that way. But it, if you look at the actual words and what he's saying, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it is. It comes. You know, it's a little off-putting. You kind of be like, oh, really? But that is exactly right. Do you so, buy that McGluin Snyder? And the the ownership are on the same page, like in in everything. And do you think that that is potentially combustible again? Because it basically happens every year. Um, I think that I think that they are all on the same page. I don't know if they're all on the same page with the quarterback because if he can't play, then I think they'll just move accordingly. Um, but I really think that Gruden and McLuhan are, mm-hmm. you know, because all he's done is, I mean, it was a very un-Redskins-like, um, you know, very un-Redskins-like offseason. They didn't spend a ton of money. They got a bunch of mid-level free agents that make a lot of sense, like, um, you know, Ricky Jean-Francois and, um, you know, guys like that, Pot Roast. Um, you know, so it just made a lot of sense. They got, they made, they, 
they took a guy in the first round who might start at right tackle or guard for them, and it was a great pick. So I think they've at, at, at the least they've given Gruden better personnel to try to win with. At the least. All right. So Ian, I I was told I heard through the grapevine that you might have some beef or some heat to throw around right now. Do you have any flame flame throwing to do? I, I don't. I wouldn't say that. I don't think. Oh there's well, any you, you were take, you were taking some shots at one of our hosts. No, uh, no. Look, appearance. a lot of people have gray hair. I don't think it's flame throwing <laughs> at all. No, it's not. It's not. There's there's been, you know, Jay Leno was very successful. Right. Um, but you, you know, brought it up on similar haircut. You know, you brought it up. You know, you just brought yeah. It up. I mean, it's just weird that a guy's that gray that young. But look, a lot of. <laughs> It, I mean, you know, I find it strange that every time I see Ian on TV, it's like the Exxon Valdez uh, tragedy. His hair gets darker and darker, and I don't know what to, how to, oh. what to make of that. I don't know if it's a – maybe we have a little – maybe you have the same I'll, type of genes as Gary Kubiak, but who knows if that's natural. You know, I'm just saying we are the same age, uh, Ian, you and I, and let's let's keep it real. Your hair, it doesn't necessarily look natural anymore. No, it is not <laughs> – it, not only is it natural, it is all natural. Wow. And, uh, you know, it's been the, the, the Tom Brady situation and waiting around for that for two weeks prevented me from get a hair, getting a haircut Okay. Um, <laughs> before before inside training camp started. So I have a little too much hair at this point. And I will say this, got a lot of compliments on the hair in it, on ITC. So, yeah, I don't you know. know. got to go with that. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't no, call it your true. best attribute. No, no, it's true. Uh, and I think <laughs> <Air> you... <laughs> For you, and I don't want to be like, yeah. you know, I certainly, last thing I want to do is be rude about it. Just so you know, I'm barely listening at this point. <laughs> you should look into something, you know, doing something about it. Okay. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. Coming at Dan about his hair is well, like pretty much the the thing that hurts him the most. Like, well, you could talk about his family or his work performance. That'd like be the, fine. But his hair, that's off limits. Like the Boston, he's basically like the Boston Mad Men, just like <laughs> no, it's actually it's the opposite of that, Greg, because it's the one thing where I have such confidence that it's impenetrable. Uh, that's, that's There's bad. nothing that can rock me. Finally, uh, Ian, uh, I could hang up on you for your malfeasance right now, but I won't. I will uh, say that you tweeted about some music you've been listening to on the road, and I wanted to play that Biggie Small song that you tweeted about. Uh, I got a story to tell, which I think is about John Starks, but I couldn't even play a clip of it because it's one of the more – Filthy songs. It has to be in his catalog. Is it about Starks? People were asking me. It's about a Nick. Which Nick? In Infidelity. And I know there are some rumors it was Johnny Starks, and it led to his 2-for-18 in 94 against the Rockets in Game 7. But (laughs) what I can play, allegedly, I can play uh, a Ghostface Killer song uh, that you were were vouching for, Sully. And this, I can get behind this. I remember this one. Yeah. This is more for as much for a rap sheet, getting his personality out there. He's not just an information man, but also for Wes. I like this song. Yeah, this is one of the franchise stars of the Wu Tang Clan, of course. Ghostface Killer. What's the name of the song? Ghost. Yeah. So this gets you through the long bus rides across America. That's the intro song. One of the best things I did was I I don't know how to. This is really embarrassing, but I don't know how to put songs on an iPod. Um, <laughs> And so I asked my wife. I made a list You're of seventy-five old. songs. I, was, I know. I was like, I have like, I found an iPod shuffle. I was like, can you just put all of my songs on this? So when I have no internet on flights, from when you go from like Chicago to Cleveland, you can listen to your jams. Mm. Yeah, you, you just throw fish scale on by uh, Ghostface. You, you can let that whole thing just go. That'll get you going. I have to buy the album though. Yeah, whatever. Support <laughs> support the artist. 
This will be all part of our Wu-Tang and its satellites podcast coming up after the Chris Wessling <laughs> Theology podcast and the Chris Wessling is Dating podcast. There's a lot of stuff. We have a whole network. And if anyone's listening on Sirius uh, XM NFL Radio, we can have an entire channel at this point. Ian Rappaport, thank you for joining us. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll see you down the line, hopefully not too long from now, buddy. And you know what? I, I know will, what's going on with I your hair. I will never get these minutes back. I know what's going on with your hair. <laughs> And I know the secrets. Neither were our listeners. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, Ian. <laughs> Bye, guys. All right. Ian Rappaport, our NFL media insider. And, yes, that's the truth, Greg. Like, I have no problem with any comments about gray in my hair. I am confident that the look is working. Look, I get that. I'm not confident about everything about myself physically, but my hair? No, that makes A lot sense. of women like salt and pepper. Exactly. Well, or at least they say that. Plus, you know, one of your one of your heroes in your in life, uh, Keith Hansis, similar type of hair. <laughs> Very similar. Hair. He's uh, look he's looking pretty my good. My father, you mean? Yeah, yes. I'm just saying. So you see you see him, and you see if that's my role model, that that's a, that's the kind of hair I want. Very true. All right, that's it for another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Uh, we will be back on Friday, right? Oh, yeah. With another show. Make sure, by the way, you subsi- subscribe on iTunes. That's how we get the subscribe. glory. Dan Hans is signing off for the Sizzler. Have fun in Canton, buddy. The mailman, the boss, Sully, and the team behind the glass. Till Friday. I've decided that that is not worthy of the show. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there.